if you will, amen. Thankful for an opportunity to preach here again at Lighthouse, amen. So sorry for the reasons, amen, pastor losing his grandfather and Brother Daniel Buford losing his dad, amen. Such a valuable man to that family. Praise the Lord, has had such an impact on our pastor and his dad and his family, amen. Our prayers, amen, are with our pastor and the Buford family, amen. We'll lift him up this week, amen. Continue to pray. They are in travel. They are making their, their way back from Louisiana. Have no idea what kind of weather they were, will encounter, but this is June. And so I'm sure there's some bad weather somewhere along the way, amen. They will run into something. So we want God's hand on them, amen, and others, amen. You can turn to the book of Ruth, the first chapter. I'm going to read one scripture first before, before I meet you there. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 22. You may remember it from this morning's reading. It was the last scripture I read in my text. And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field. When thou reapest, neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of the harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Amen. It is on Pentecost Sunday, it is, as I explained in the office, it is Jewish tradition, amen, both in the Old Testament, whenever they would celebrate, and in the New, that they would read from the book of Ruth, amen, and so we are going to teach from the book of Ruth tonight, amen, and you'll get it, just stay with me, amen, Ruth chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, and Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons, and they took them wives of the women of Moab, the name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth, and they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died, also both of them, and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Can you skip with me, please, down to verse 19 in that first chapter of the book of Ruth. Amen. So they two went until they came to Bethlehem. Let me give you a little bit of backstory at this point. Amen. Orpah has decided to go her way. Amen. One of the daughter-in-laws of Naomi, she has decided to go back to her family, her people. Amen. And so now only Ruth remains and Ruth is traveling with Naomi. And it says, so they two went. Until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? Question mark. And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me, call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? Verse 22, so Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you tonight, God. We're so thankful for your presence that we have felt, for all that we have experienced already. And we ask, God, as your word goes forth, we know, Lord, that you have set us up for this moment tonight, God, to touch and speak to us, lead us, guide us. Lord Jesus, lift us and strengthen us. So do that tonight, oh God, we pray, through your word, through your spirit, your presence, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said in Jesus' name, God bless you, you can be seated. 
Let me just spend a little bit of time before I get into the book of Ruth. I want to encourage you tonight. My subject is going to be the God of leftovers. The God of leftovers. Amen. And you probably have picked up a little bit from what I will be talking about. Amen. Just from the reading of our scripture and the gleaning of the fields and the the testimonies and the scripture and commandment that was given there in Leviticus, a man of God himself. And actually, uh, in in chapter 23, that is the second time a man that God commands that because he commanded it first in chapter 19 of the book of Leviticus where he said, don't, don't, just don't, don't clean the fields, amen. Just leave stuff in the corners. If you drop something, leave it laying there. Let the hungry and the poor get to it. So there is something powerful, amen, and something sustaining and even rescuing, amen, that we see in that scripture concerning those things that are left behind or leftovers, if you will, those extras, those things that fall off the cart or the ears, amen, that they didn't quite swing tight enough in the corners, amen. There's something powerful, amen, about leftovers. And so I want to give you some examples through the word of God of what God can do, amen, with what we have left. Exodus chapter 9, verses 8 and 10 says this, And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace, and let Moses sprinkle it toward heaven in the sight of Pharaoh, and it shall become small dust in the land of Egypt, and shall be a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast throughout all the land of Egypt. And they took the ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh. Moses sprinkled it up toward heaven, and it became a boil breaking forth on the blains upon man and upon beast. Uh, this is where we are are in this story, amen, where God is bringing the plagues to Pharaoh and the land of Egypt and he is doing everything, amen, that he promised he would do to set them free and bring them out of that bondage and that slavery, amen. And so now we find, amen, in one of the plagues where he is telling Moses, praise God, if you'll just get a couple of handful of ashes and you'll walk and you'll throw them to heaven, amen, I will let them spread throughout your enemy on them as boils, amen, even upon their beast. Can I tell you, amen, and can I tell somebody here tonight, praise God, that the ashes represent something that has been left, uh, something that is the residual that has been uh, at, at the end. Can I, can I just tell you here tonight that if the fire has gone out, if the, word, if the wood has burned down, and you feel like you've got nothing left in the furnace, can I tell you here tonight, if you'll reach down in the bottom of whatever you have left, uh, and you'll grab a couple of handfuls of what may seem just like ashes or no good or nothing left and you'll give them toward heaven amen I'm here to tell you that God can use what you have left and God can bring down your enemy and God can impress them and he may you may feel like you've got nothing left in the furnace you may feel like there's no wood and no fire but I'm here to tell you that you're on your way out hallelujah that you're just going through the process you're on your way to the to the relieving and the relief of bondage, hallelujah, in your life. I want to be trying to encourage someone tonight that just because you have a little bit left, that there are just some leftovers, that it may just feel like ashes in your life. I'm here to tell you that God can take it. And what you feel like is nothing, God can turn into something powerful that can ultimately set you free. Hallelujah. I want to move along quickly in 1 Kings chapter 17. And, he, and, he, and she said, 
as the Lord God liveth. This is Elijah speaking, amen, to the widow. And he tells her, amen, to get me something to drink. And she, he tells her as she's walking away, he says, oh, and while you're out there, I want you to make me a cake and bring me back something to eat and watch her response. And she said, as the Lord God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. Say, that's what she's got left. I'm going to preach to you tonight. You're going to get involved one way or the other. Hallelujah. That's what she's got left, praise God. She's trying to tell the man of God that as she walked away, hallelujah, he didn't know as he was walking up on her what was left in her cupboard. He didn't know what was left in her house. He didn't know, but God knew, praise God, because he told the man of God that when you get there, there's going to be a widow that will sustain you. And so Elijah was just thinking that she's got to have plenty in inside and so she tells him I'll go amen but I don't have much left all that I have left I was going to gather these two sticks amen that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die she don't think she's got a whole lot left she thinks she's down to the bottom of the barrel. Amen. Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it to me. Now watch this. Watch this. I love this. And bring it unto me. And after. Talking about the man of God. Talking about the man of God has walked into this woman's life. I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying here tonight. I'm going to bring out some details in a few stories. Amen. Watch this. The man of God tells her, go make, go get me something to drink. Bring me back a cake. She says, I don't have anything left. The only, matter of fact, the only thing I have left, I was going to put some sticks together, light a fire, make a cake, and we were going to eat and die. And he says, so you go, make that cake, bring it to me, and after. Oh, Hallelujah. Make for thee and for, hallelujah, hold on, I'm lost. Make for me, make for thee and for thy son. Watch this. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day of the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. Hallelujah. Watch this. Stay with me. The man of God had the only pre-thought that he had, the only forethought and information that he had was that when he got there, she was going to have enough to sustain him. And then as she walked away, praise the Lord, she said unto him, all I have is a little bit of cake, enough to make one, and then my son and I are going to die. But he said to her, go and make that cake, amen, and bring it to me. And after that, in faith believing that whatever you have left is going to be enough, that after you sustain me, God is going to sustain you. I wish I had a witness in this house, amen. Watch this. Remember, your circumstance may not change just because God is in it. I'm, I'm going to preach for just a, I'm going to preach for a little while tonight, amen. They got done nice and early for me. 
Your circumstance may not have appeared to change. Watch this. When she went, Brother, Brother Don, to that barrel and to that cruise, I believe that if she had a cup, she scraped that cup of meal out of the bottom of that barrel and she dumped it in a bowl and she made the man of God a cake and she carried it back to the man of God and she gave it to him. And then there was that end after, amen, where she said, the barrel's got to be empty. The cruise has got to be empty. And she went back. And wouldn't you know it, that there was enough down in the bottom that she could scrape her cup down in the barrel, amen, and dump it out and make something for her son and for her, amen. But watch this. The Bible tells us that the meal wasted not and the cruise never dried up. That doesn't mean that the barrel was ever full and the bottle was ever to the top, amen. Her circumstance may have never felt like, hallelujah, that it was ever better or ever greater, amen. But we've got a clue here that says, amen, that she fed her and her son and the man of God and her house and the barrel of meal never failed and the cruise never dried up, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, God can take your leftovers and there'll be enough for you. God can take your leftovers and he can make something powerful. God can take whatever you feel like is not enough and he can make it enough. Hallelujah. He will never fail you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Even though your circumstance looks tragic and dire and in the bottoms, hallelujah, if God is in it, you're going to be all right. If God is in it, you're going to be okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Second King says there's another widow. Amen. And now there cried a certain woman of the wives. Amen. Of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying... Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Watch this. Tell me what hast thou in the house. The creditors are coming to take her sons. You know why? She can't pay them. The money has run out. I'm guessing. I'm just guessing because I got children. Amen. That if the creditors, if my last option were they were going to come and take my children, I would have already pawned every ring, every gun, every fishing pole. I'd have found somebody that would let me dig ditches or sweep the floor. I would have done everything. Hallelujah. What Elisha wanted to know that day is what do you have left? What do you feel like you've still got in the house? that's of any worth and she said thine handmaid hath not anything in the house except for a pot of oil hallelujah then he said go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors even empty vessels borrow not a few I have a feeling that by now you know where I'm going with this but I want you to stay with me hallelujah this is a woman that said all I've got left is one little barrel of oil one little pot of oil hallelujah and the man of God said here's what I want you to do because now your blessing's not going to just be in your house because watch this I want you to go and borrow a bunch of vessels and borrow not a few go to all your neighbors and scrape up the empty pots can I tell you that there were others around this widow that had need there were others that were around her that had empty pots otherwise watch otherwise she could not have borrowed any empty vessels she could not have made any money selling those full vessels hallelujah but the man of God said why don't you go tell me what you've got left and she said just a pot of oil but I'm here to tell you whatever you got left in the house here tonight whatever 
whatever you've got left in your barrel, whatever you've got left in your pot, hallelujah, God can use that to, to not just bless you, but those around you. God is a God of leftovers, amen. He can take the things that we think are at the end. He can take the things that we feel like are in the bottom. He can take times when we think the gas tank is empty, amen, and he can bless you, and all of a sudden, it'll not enough will become enough, and very little will become a lot, hallelujah. I remember when Peter stepped out of the boat and he began to sink. He was called, oh, ye of little faith. This was a guy that was just walking on water that was of little faith amen I'm here to tell you that God can take whatever you have left and he can bring you out and he can bless those around you amen he is the God of leftovers Luke chapter 8 and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years watch this which had spent all her living upon physicians neither could be healed of any came behind him and touched him the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood a man stopped praise God this woman had a chronic illness amen what we know she didn't have was money she spent it all what we know she didn't have was medicine that was being effective again amen Sunday night I'll get you out of here I promise What we know she didn't have was money and medicine that was working because she had spent all on physicians. Amen. But what we know that she did have left, amen. And I don't know, I don't know, Brother Stephen, I don't know if it was faith or if it was desperation. Or if it was determination, amen. But I'm here to tell you tonight that whatever you got left, it's just gonna have to be what you're gonna have to use. I don't know if you're full of faith. I don't know if you've lost everything and spent all and, and you've come up empty and you have no answers, amen. And I don't know if you're full of faith. I don't know if you've got desperation or I don't know if you've got determination. But I'm here to tell you tonight, whatever you got, you're gonna have to use. Whatever you got's gonna have to push you forward. Whatever you got's gonna have to get you through the hurdles. Whatever you got, if it's desperation, use it. If it's determination, use it. If it's faith, believe it, hallelujah. But get through the crowd and get through the, uh, the, the, the overcome amen the hurdles and the problems and the roadblocks and get to the master hallelujah whatever you've got left he can use he said somebody touched me and virtue flowed from me because she had determined in her mind all is spent all is gone all I've got left is to get to the hem of his garment sometimes folks all we've got left is to find a place on our knees reaching toward heaven and the master of our lives. Can I get an amen? Sometimes all is lost and all is spent and all is gone. Let this preacher tell you there are times where I'm at my wit's end and I don't know where the next answer is coming and I don't know which way is up or where I'm going, amen. But there is one place I know that I can find a spot on my knees, <laughs> hallelujah, that if there's nothing left, I've got faith. And if there's faith is gone, I've got desperation. And if that's gone, I've got determination. But one way or another, I'm gonna get in touch with Jesus. <laughs> one way or another, you're 
going to find me at his feet. One way or another, when I got a question, I'm going to be looking for the answer. When I got a sickness, I'm going to be looking for healing. When I'm down, I'm going to be looking to get up. When I'm weak, I'm going to be looking for strength. When I'm alone, I'm going to be looking for my friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Sometimes you've just got to act on what you've got left. You know the story, praise God, John chapter 6, the lad with the sack lunch, hallelujah, the thousands follow Jesus into the wilderness and he's teaching to them and finally he says, and I I love this story, I'm going to bring out a couple of things here real quick, praise God, he gets them out there and he starts teaching a man, the day starts to get late and they start saying, master why don't you send them away so they can get something to eat, The, the people are getting hungry, amen, now watch this. And when Jesus lifted up his eyes, he saw the great company come unto him. John chapter 6. He saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? This is a question that Jesus asked. Where are we going to buy bread so that these folks can eat? Isn't it funny, amen, that he began to scratch his head and say, Well, you know, we could buy 200 pence. I don't know how much that is, but it sounds like a lot. If I'm buying bunny bread... If I'm buying bunny bread, I ain't going to get a whole lot. I go to Aldi's, I get some of them 60, 70, 80, 90 cent loaves. I can get about 200 loaves, right? Can I get an Aldi's amen? Okay, all right. Or an Aldi amen, some of you out there, grammar, police. Jesus asked the question himself. Where can we send them to get bread? Watch this. And this he said, verse 6, I wish you'd look at it. And this he said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. Oh my. You're not with me, are you? You don't know where I'm going, do you? For he, Jesus, himself knew what the answer was going to be. Oh, hallelujah. Let me read on. You'll catch up. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient to feed them. Amen. That every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him. Can I I just use the Keith J version? Excuse me, Lord. He's got a sack lunch. (laughs) Philip just said 200 penny worth would not feed them so that they could all have at least a bite. And then Andrew steps up and says, well, here's what we got left. This kid's got a sack lunch. The key to this verse, I want you to understand, is that Jesus asked the question knowing what the answer would be. Oh, hallelujah. Look at the title, folks. He is the God of leftovers. He understood, amen, that in that moment nobody was going to the grocery store. He understood in that moment that nobody was going to start putting barley and wheat and all the stuff it takes to make bread. He knew in that moment that there wasn't a baker on hand. He knew in that moment there wasn't a a grocery store around the store, around the corner, amen. He knew that there was a lad with five loaves and two fish in his sack, amen, that his mama, amen, probably packed for him the morning before and sent him on his way 
way. Amen. I'm here to tell you tonight, and I wish I could get it across to you. Your, your situation may look desolate. You may look like you're doing without. You may be hungry and thirsty and cold, hallelujah, and lonely. But I'm here to tell you, God already knows the question, and he already knows the answer, hallelujah. He's going to use your leftovers. He's going to get you to reach deep down inside. He, it may seem insignificant. It may not see it's, look like it's sufficient, amen, to feed all that are around, amen. But what he's going to use, when he gets a hold of it, he's going to multiply it. He's going to make it bigger, and he's going to get you through, amen. And the Bible tells us, and all that were hungry did eat from just a few leftovers, amen. I said all of that to encourage you with this, amen, and tell you this. Read with me, if you will. I believe they're going to put it up on the screen, amen. Read with me back in the book of Ruth, amen. Ruth chapter 1, beginning with verse 20 this time. We read it once, we're going to read it again. And she said unto him, call me not Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Lord, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Watch this, verse 21. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Naomi, and, and, and rightfully, say, rightfully so, Naomi is hurt. She's crushed. She's disappointed. She's discouraged. Not only has she lost her husband, but she's also lost both of her sons. Not only did she lose both of her sons, but one of her daughter-in-laws walked away from her. It, with a little bit of her pushing and prodding, I understand, but walked away from her. Naomi comes walking into the town of Bethlehem that day, and she's crushed, and she's hurt. And by her own testimony, I am empty. So much so, we, we've taught before that names... Amen. There's identities that go along with names, and they're important, amen, in that part of the country, and especially in this day and age, amen, that those names mean something. And she says, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'm just going to identify at this point with emptiness. When you see me, you're going to see empty and bitter. Oh, hallelujah. When you see me, you're going to see somebody. Matter of fact, just call me somebody that lost everything. Just call me the woman with nothing. Just call me the woman with no resources, no help, no body. Hallelujah. Isn't that sad? Watch this. That was verse 21. Now go with me to Ruth, chapter 2, verse 1. Ready? And Naomi had. Oh, hallelujah. I'll just wait for a Sunday night. I'll just wait for you. Naomi in her mind and in her heart and in her spirit said, I'm empty, I'm bitter, I'm alone, I'm without, the tank is dry, the barrel is dried up, the cruise, the bottle, everything is over and empty and done and gone. But Ruth chapter 2 says, and Naomi had. Oh, hallelujah. There's something left for Naomi, amen. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. What did Naomi have left? She had 
a redeemer. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, man. Naomi said, I'm empty, I'm desolate, I'm dried up. But Naomi had a kinsman of her husband that would have the ability to redeem her. Naomi and her daughter-in-law, a man, Ruth, had benefited, if you will, from that law that we read. And you can read it in Leviticus 19, but we read it in Leviticus chapter 23 because it was concerning Pentecost Sunday. And it just fit my message, amen. So we read that there, and Naomi and Ruth benefited from that law, amen, because, because they had a kinsman redeemer in the land. Naomi recognized that, and Naomi said, when you go down to the fields, just make sure you stay in his fields, amen. And Ruth, for, for all of that time that they were there, amen, began to go down into the fields of Boaz, and she began to scrape up some of the corn that was in the corner and some of the wheat that was over here and some of the barley that was over there because it says they were at the end of the barley harvest amen and the bible says that she began to take advantage of the laws of god hallelujah of leftovers the law of leftovers where she could glean from the fields amen and then when the kinsman redeemer boaz noticed her and saw what she was doing hallelujah he began to nudge some of those that were that were harvesting the fields hallelujah i feel the holy ghost right now i feel the anointing of the holy ghost speaking to somebody's life right now and he began to nudge them and he began to tell them why don't you drop just a little bit extra why don't you just cut the corner a little more round amen and leave Ruth and Naomi some more there in the corners why don't you just do a little bit matter of fact after a few days he comes back and says how are things going as a matter of fact why don't you just begin to let Ruth glean from the sheaths that are stacked up hallelujah and she began to come home with armloads of stuff and Naomi said what are you doing where are you getting it and she said there's a kinsman amen and his name is Boaz praise God and he's allowing me to be blessed of the leftovers can I tell you here today your redeemer sees you working and toiling in the field he knows that your belly is hungry he knows that the tank is empty he recognizes that you have need hallelujah and he's going to leave you just a little bit more praise the Lord God sees you and I in our life he does not turn a deaf ear or a blind eye. Hallelujah. The Bible says he does not sleep nor does he slumber. He doesn't fall asleep at the wheel. He doesn't nod off whenever you and I are going through problems. He doesn't get sleepy whenever you and I are crying again. Hallelujah. He doesn't just turn a deaf ear. He doesn't walk away. He doesn't get too busy. He's not dealing with real problems in the world. He sees you and I. Hallelujah. In our trouble and in our tragedy, in our triumph and in our mountaintops, he knows right where you and I are. He can count and tell you the number of every hair on your head he takes care of the lily he takes care of the sparrow so why wouldn't he take care of you oh hallelujah praise God amen they went from having nothing and depending on leftovers to even being fruitful in the house of the redeemer do you see that did anybody else feel that they were hungry and picking up scraps. The Redeemer recognized their situation. And then when he found out that he could redeem them from their situation, amen. I'm talking about Boaz here. 
when he found out he could be the one. Now, there was another one that could have done it, and Boaz went through the proper channels and the proper steps, amen, and that guy said, I don't want anything to do with it. I, I don't, I'm not going to take that on, amen. And so Boaz paid the price. Oh, hallelujah. Boaz paid the price to redeem Naomi, amen, and he made Ruth his wife, hallelujah, and they went from having nothing, from Naomi considering, considering herself empty and desolate and dried up, hallelujah, to now they're sitting in the house of the kinsman redeemer. You and I had nothing to offer. You and I had nothing to bring to the table. You and I were toiling and, and, and working in the fields. And you and I were dried up and empty and nothing to bring, amen, to God. And the Redeemer, hallelujah, from his throne saw you and I. And while you and I were yet sinners, amen, he came down and he redeemed us by his blood and by his sacrifice. Now here we sit. In the house of the Redeemer. Let me point something out to you. Ruth chapter 4, beginning with verse 16 and 17. Ruth and Boaz, amen, are married. He has redeemed them completely. He has married Ruth, and they have had a child. Watch this. Ruth chapter 4, beginning with verse 16. I'm almost done. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. Isn't it amazing how this woman that was empty and has nothing is now standing there holding something so fruitful, something that, re that represents production? Amen. Can I get an amen? Isn't God good? And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. You with me? You with me, Brother Don? You look like you're with me. You look eager. Thank you. I'm going to read that again. Ruth and Boaz had a son, and they named him Obed. And he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. If we were to track the lineage of Jesus, it will take us all the way back to David. Can I get an amen? All the way back to David and from David to Ruth and Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, if you will. From the story of the kinsman redeemer, we can look down. If we, if we could find ourselves and go all the way back to Ruth and the story of the kinsman redeemer. And then we can look forward down the, 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 the annals of time. We would see standing on Mount Calvary at the cross from the lineage of Obed, Jesse, and David. Your Redeemer and my Redeemer. Hallelujah. Our God, amen, knows how to handle leftovers. Let's stand to our feet. 
I wonder as the music comes, amen, if you will begin to think in your life, amen. I'm sure that somebody here tonight showed up in this place, amen, feeling like you had maybe not lost everything. But, you know, there are a lot of different, amen, levels and examples of, of, of emptiness. And there are a lot of different levels and, and examples of tragedy or desperation. There are, there are a lot of different, something that may be tragic to you may not be tragic to me at all. Or something that feels like emptiness to me may not be empty to you at all, amen. If you feel like you're alone, it, I may not even feel alone in that situation. So we're all different here, amen. I'm not looking for just plain, tragic stories where we need a, a, a spiritual ambulance to deliver you into the ER of God. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is we all have situations and circumstances in our life where we wonder where is the answer going to come from? Where is the healing going to come from? When is the provision going to come? When will the loneliness stop? When will the depression be lifted? When will I hear that still small voice? I'm here to tell you tonight, I gave you plenty of examples. If you can find a place where maybe you've got to crawl to God, maybe you've got to cry to God, maybe you've got to reach to God, Maybe you've just got to bring God your empty vessel. Whatever the case is tonight, you don't have too little that God can't bring you out. If you are Naomi and Ruth, if you, if you want to look at that situation where you're just happy to be gleaning from the fields, you're just happy to find some scraps. Do you remember that there was a woman that Jesus said, it's not meat to give the, the, the children's bread to the dogs? And that woman said, but just give me some leftovers. Oh, hallelujah. If our attitude could somehow change, if our perspective could somehow change to where we stop waiting for God to pull us up to the table for a steak dinner and we'd just be all right tonight if he'd just brush a few crumbs up off the table so that we as dogs, amen, could, could lap that up and get just enough. I'm here to tell you, God is the God of leftovers. And whatever he has for you is going to be more than enough. I wonder if they begin to sing, if they begin to worship, amen. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that says, I'm going to come to the master's table. I'm going to go sit under the master's table. I'm going to, I'm going to crawl through the crowd, amen. I'm going to go get my cruise of oil, amen. My cruise of oil seems to be running a little bit low. I want God to bless it so that it'll stay and it'll continue. I wonder if there's anybody that'll say, my barrel of meal is getting just a little bit dry. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that says, I need just a little something from God. I'll take just a few leftovers if that's all I can get hallelujah is there any that would come that's ready to pray is there anybody that would come that's ready to worship and seek him amen and get his will for your life tonight in Jesus name is there anybody here that's not saved amen you've not repented of your sins you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost I'm here to tell you you don't have to leave here dry and thirsty and hungry amen God wants to give to you tonight Hallelujah. They're going to begin to sing. You begin to come. Hallelujah. Come and pray. Praise God. Come around these altars. Amen. And talk to God and seek God. Amen. For your need. My and God your is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out.